0: Hi and welcome to my latest podcast. I'm super excited you're joining me as we go through the Gospel of John and we look at Jesus through the eyes of one of his best friends and we come across some incredible theological gems, some wonderful stories and just an amazing perspective that's really different from the other three Gospel writers. So buckle up and join me, Paul White, as we saunter through the book of john morning saunterers welcome to a windy saunter we're inside for wind reasons and so here we go let's pray lord jesus we thank you for today we thank you for all the opportunities that are ahead of us today and lord we want to get through this day walking it with you right beside us in jesus name amen here we go so we're on john chapter 13 today And we've just had the amazing story, good morning, Tracy Ann, of Jesus being anointed by Mary at Bethany. She broke this, poured this alabaster ointment all over his feet and wiped it with her hair. A huge display of extravagance and emotion and kind of breaking with social conventions and everything else. And now we have another really interesting development so morning Joseph I'm sorry George rather and Fliss and Artie great to see you uh so it says chapter 13 verse 1 now before the feast of Passover when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the father having loved his owner in the world he will he loved them to the end now this is really interesting In the Apostles' Creed, it says of Jesus that he descended into hell. And there is a belief among many that Jesus, after he was crucified, actually went down into hell and broke the powers of darkness and so on and came up out of the grave and defeated the grave and death and Hades, everything else. But Jesus, uh, John tells us here that Jesus knew this was his hour now, Coming up, where he was going to depart out of this world to the Father. Now we know for sure that the Father is not in hell. So it does seem that Jesus, it's certainly here that John is suggesting that Jesus did not go to hell, but he went straight to the Father. So that also ties in with what he said to the dying thief on the cross. Morning, Fran. (coughs) Excuse me, he said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. Well, of course, that is also not hell either. And so I'm sure theologians will continue to wage war over that particular point. over <laughs> till death does part, kind of thing. And it, it, it but it is interesting and important that Jesus um, Jesus was saying, I'm going to go to my father when this or at least John is saying that Jesus, when he would finished this, he was going to his father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Isn't that just such a beautiful statement? He loved his own who were in the world and he loved them to the end. He, oh my, as long as there was breath in his body, he was loving those people that the father had given him, his disciples, his friends, his companions. He loved them to the end. And he still loves us now. So he's not dead. He's still alive. He's alive and he's still loving. He's still doing exactly the same stuff as he did when he walked the earth in person. Right, here we go. Verse 2. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, he laid aside his garments and taking a towel, tied it round his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now bear in mind, in the previous chapter we had Mary pouring this ointment over Jesus' feet lavishing him with affection and extravagant devotion wiping away the wiping the ointment with her hair and everything else now Jesus is doing something similar to his disciples he also is breaking with convention he is the rabbi he's the one who everyone should be serving and honoring and yet now he's got up from the table he's tied this um towel around his middle and he's washing his disciples feet and we said didn't we that this was a custom this was very much part of courtesy and hospitality and i guess what jesus is doing he's saying listen i've this this is all about me but here we go i am now showing you how you need to be with each other. You need to serve each other. And he goes on to say that, doesn't he? But this little statement here that John gives us is really profound. So number one, he knows the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. So this is the back, backdrop. And Judas is one of these disciples that Jesus is with having this meal And he is about to wash Judas's feet, even though Judas is going to betray him. So Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he rose from supper. So the context of Jesus serving the disciples is he knows that God's given everything to him. He knows that he is the Lord of all. And that's his destiny and his purpose. And he knows that he came from God and is going back to God. So he had no question over his identity. And therefore he was able to wrap himself in the towel and get down and do the job of a servant. And Paul tells us in Philippians that Jesus took on the very nature of a servant not just in this one-off moment to wash his disciples' feet, but he was the embodiment of a servant. He came to serve. And Jesus is now demonstrating this in the most graphic way imaginable. That that memory, you imagine this is the night he was betrayed and he's having this meal with his disciples, but the first thing he does is even though he's descended from god he's come down from god from being on an equal footing with god the father in heaven from all eternity he's now become one of us he's taken on human flesh he's humbled himself paul says and become like and you know like one of us he's become one of us and here he is on the earth, and now he's humbling himself even more. He's taken the lowest place. He's already come down from heaven to earth, which is this colossal um, descent, isn't it? You know, it's like, whoa, loss of status in one go. And now he's taken the lowest place in the room. And there's something about the anointing of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It flows down Aaron's beard down his robes it flows down to the hem of his garment it goes to the lowest place and Jesus is purposely taking the lowest place in the room come on this is profound so he he washes these guys feet and then he came to Simon Peter verse 6 it says and who said to him Lord do you wash my feet and Jesus answered him what I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. And that was true with a lot of these things. And John admits that, doesn't he? He says, oh, after Jesus was glorified, we understood. And right now, Peter doesn't understand. Peter's thinking naturally, he's thinking, this is all wrong. You should not be doing this, Jesus. Stop it. And Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. (laughs) Peter is so opinionated, isn't he? Oh, my. And the Lord And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, and then, so hold on. Jesus answered him and said, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Right. So, Peter, this is actually what I'm doing whilst I'm serving you. I'm actually washing you. And there's an in this kind of in this process, you're identifying, I'm identifying with you. You're identifying with me. And he says, if you don't let me wash you, you have no share with me. So Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. It's like, oh, well, if that's the deal, why didn't somebody say, wash all of me? <laughs> Excuse me. Wash my, <coughs> wash my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet. But it's completely clean. And so even if you'd had a wash recently, just walking around <coughs> with sandals on, your feet are gonna get <coughs> your feet are gonna get messy, especially in a dry dusty environment like Judea Jerusalem the Middle East <coughs> good morning Anne and so it, it, Jesus is saying listen Peter don't you know you' you've been washed you've received me you you've you come to me through faith in faith, and I've washed you, but now I just need to keep you clean. It's a really important lesson. We need to keep ourselves clean. Even doing what we're doing right now, allowing ourselves to be washed by the word of God gets us clean. It it helps to renew our minds. It helps to keep us clean from the contamination of all the value systems and the, the stuff that is out there in the world and is contaminating by its very nature. And so uh jesus said the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet but is completely clean and you are clean but not every one of you for he knew who was to betray him and that's why he said not all of you are clean so he knew that even in the room there was judas who was about to betray him literally that night he's washed washed his feet he's included him in the group he's even served the one who will stab him in the back isn't that amazing there's a lesson for us there isn't there to even love the ones who will betray us even if we know they're going to betray us even if we know they're going to fail and kind of let us down and all this stuff at the same time Jesus is still giving Judas the same measure of love that he gives to the other guys it's incredible isn't it but he says for he knew who was to betray him that's why he said not all of you are clean verse 12 when he had washed their feet nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I'm not speaking of all of you. I know whom I've chosen, but but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I'm telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me and whoever see, receives me receives the one who sent me. All right, so Jesus is saying listen guys, <clears throat> you need to understand what I'm doing. I'm I'm your lord and teacher and I've washed your feet. So also you need to wash one another's feet. So you need to take care of each other. You need to serve each other instead of trying to be the top dog and the big fish and everything else, the big cheese settle yourselves down take on the nature of a servant serve one another promote each other make a, make room for each other and he's saying you're not you're not greater than me you've seen me do these things now you do them and he says if you know these things blessed are you if you do them and there's something about serving even the 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 servants serving the the people of the lowest status in our life, let's find them out, let's serve them, let's serve the little people, the invisible people, the people who people don't notice, let us notice them, let's thank the toilet cleaner in the public toilets or wherever else it is for keeping the toilets nice and doing their job so that we can, anyway, move on, anyway, move on to he says um i know i've chosen you and i know one of you's going to betray me i know that that's but i'm telling you now so that you know um i'm telling you now so that you know that i knew and that i'm you know i'm 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 he so i'm not surprised by this fact So after saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. He was troubled in his spirit. Jesus felt the pain of that. David prophesied it. He said, the one who shared my bread has lifted up his heel against me. Jesus felt the pain of betrayal. He is the same as you and me in that respect. He was utterly wounded, even though he knew it was going to happen, even though he knew Judas was going to betray him he was still deeply wounded morning Ezekiel good to see you or is it Esther sorry Esther get these names wrong righty so he said the disciples looked at one another uncertain of whom he spoke one of his disciples whom Jesus loved this is John saying I'm the one Jesus loved everyone look at me the one, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved was reclining at table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, whoever that might be, me, um, he, so that disciple leaning back against Jesus said to him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered, it is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I've dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, Then after he'd taken the morsel, Satan entered into him and Jesus said to him, what you're going to do, do it quickly. Now, no one at the table knew why he'd said this to him. Some thought because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the feast or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out and it was night. And that's that's profound isn't it the, the the whole thing has this feeling of like high drama there they are they're all at table Jesus has dropped this bombshell he says someone is going to betray me one of you guys well everyone's going to be like who's that who's that and so Peter kind of gets a word across to John go and ask Jesus ask Jesus who it is and and Jesus tells John he says i'm going to dip this morsel of bread in some wine i'm going to hand it to somebody and that's the one but even so they still didn't seem to get it they thought judas was going out to do something um good <laughs> to help the poor to give some money away do something charitable but instead of that he's going out into the dark night and it's such a dramatic high point isn't it you could almost like Hear the music, bump, 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 and it's it is that powerful and that much of a drama, and he goes out and it was night. It was night outside, but it had become night inside Judas's own heart. It says that Satan, uh, as he took the morsel, Satan entered him. Now I don't believe Satan possesses many people, if any. But occasionally it does seem that he takes hold of individuals and I'm sure there have been times when some of the most evil people in our, that we know of, have almost, people would say that is utterly satanic what they've done. And this moment is an, is one such thing, isn't it, where the most satanic moment in all of history, where a disciple trusted by Jesus betrays author of life the giver of life this is the darkest darkest moment in history isn't it and the man's heart literally has any form of light is switched off And he's gone into utter darkness inside and he steps out and it's utter darkness outside. And it's such a picture of Judas having opened his heart to the devil. There is nothing left for him but the night and to be excluded from the fellowship of those brothers around the table. And all that intimacy with Jesus is gone. Isn't it incredible that he could live? in the unfiltered presence of God for three years and still not get it still open his heart to the devil man isn't that that blows my mind I don't have any words to deal with it I just can't handle that so when he'd gone out Jesus said now is the son of man glorified even in this moment of great anguish of heart Jesus is saying now Is the Son of Man glorified? We've set it up. The stage is set. It's going to happen. Events are going to take their course and I'm going to end up hanging on a cross. But the Son of Man is now glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. That is a profound (laughs) statement, isn't it? Now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. So as Jesus is following father, father, the father's instructions right to the bitter end of the cross, he says God is glorified in him. God is going to have so much glory as a result of this act of obedience from the son of man and the son of man will be glorified in 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 that moment of conquering sin and taking death and taking that whole thing for you and me and just man Jesus is glorified he's given the highest place he took the lowest place now he's going to be given the highest place God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. This is one of John's wonderful little kind of verbal riddles that he kind of weaves himself into. And he's really just saying, oh, yeah, the father is going to be so delighted in the son and, you know, they'll be glorified together and all lovely, wonderful, wonderful, like John 17 when we get to there. Um, Right. So, then Jesus says, little children, yet in a while I am with you. Sorry, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. So I'm here for now, but I'm going. And when I go, you can't come with me right now. Verse 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And then back in the day, we used to sing a little song. It was um, a new commandment. It was literally this in into music. And it helped us memorize this incredible little passage, a new commandment. This is This is not like brand new, brand new, but it's refreshed. It's made new. It's the opposite of worn out. The Greek word is like the opposite of a worn out pair of socks. This is like renewed, brand new. And he's saying, I'm giving you this brand new, renewed commandment that you love one another. Morning, Alistair. Great to see you. And right in the middle of Jesus's anguish of heart where he's dealing with the pain of betrayal he's giving them this incredible commandment that that really stands for all time doesn't it as the greatest commandment the commandment that Jesus gave to us to you and me as as his future disciples a new commandment I give to you that you are to love one another just as I have loved you and he's demonstrated it in washing their feet and taking the lowest place in the room. He's going to demonstrate it even more by going to the cross and carrying our sin. And he says, even as I have loved you, love one another. The church pains me to death when it gets so swallowed up in so many things about squabbling about this and that and the other and I look at this and I think man this is like the water from a clear mountain spring isn't it it's just completely pure it's glorious and beautiful just as I have loved you you also are to love one another by this all people will know that you are my disciples. And one of the things they said about the early church was, see how these people love each other. Whew, man, we need God's help, don't we, to love each other and to do it so well that people comment on it and say, wow, see how these people love each other. It's amazing. So, Lord, give us that. And, Lord, and so finally, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? So Peter's not on the loved one. He's still hung up over where Jesus is going. And so he says, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you can't follow me now, but you will follow afterward. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. Wow. Peter didn't really understand exactly the level of love that Jesus was talking about. He said, Jesus, I love you. I, oh, Jesus, I would lay down my life for you. And what Peter had was enthusiasm, goodwill, faith revelation he had all those things but he didn't have a he wasn't able to really properly assess what what his heart was really like and he didn't realize that even though he felt he loved Jesus enough to die for him his love for Jesus was still relatively superficial but Jesus was going to take Peter to a whole new place of self-knowledge and a place where Peter's own love <laughs> was overhauled and renewed and became like that that jesus is just talking about so what is the takeaway for us today i think it has to be a new commandment i give to you that you love one another just as i have loved you you also are to love one another i'm going to pray jesus jesus you are such an act to follow Lord the love that you have and the love that you've shown us is just beyond words but today I pray that you will give me and give us and give your church around the world such a love for one another that people say man I don't understand what they're on about but they love each other that they can see that love that they will see a depth of love and a purity of love that outshines anything else in this world Lord I pray it in Jesus name you'll do it in our hearts today amen have an amazing day you guys and thank you for your encouragement you guys we love you take care